Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about self-assurance, and with me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Self-assurance was another listener request. She was wondering how to get started uh, with her work and dealing with issues of self-doubt. And so um, we put a little bit of thought into what what is self-assurance. And I, I would say to me, it's things like having confidence, um, a, a basically positive attitude or optimism that things are going to work out, that your work is going to be worth doing and improve. And um, some some aspect of motivation and energy, I think that you that you can bring to the studio to keep you going. And I think that this topic is linked to mindset, which we have discussed on a previous episode. And I'll absolutely. put a link to that in the description for this episode. Yeah. Um, a- but I, I feel like mindset is kind of just one aspect of self assurance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mindset plus practice. Yeah. So so mindset's kind of an important tool that you can that you can use. And I know when we talked about it earlier, one of the main points that you made was about self-talk and what what kind of things are you saying to yourself that could be lowering your motivation, your energy, your confidence. And you said, well, tell us what you said just briefly in that podcast about that. Well, it was really about um, this idea that when we talk to ourselves, we often use a, a very negative voice. And we want to try to replace negative self-talk with positive affirmations. And you don't necessarily want to lie to yourself. You want to have some self-awareness about where you are in life, but that doesn't mean that you need to be negative about it. Right. Yeah. We can always phrase things in a positive way and and in a way mm -hmm. that um, looks towards the future with with some positivity. Yeah. And so it's a deliberate... Uh, act that you do when you find those kind of thoughts entering your head, which can come from all kinds of sources and including um, your parents or your art teacher in school or people that have a pretty big influence over you. And so they can be quite, uh, quite strong, those voices. (laughs) You're not inventing them all on your own. For the most part, somebody has told you these things. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that we come into the world uh, thinking negative thoughts about ourselves. I think that most of us are trained to do it over time by people who are also struggling with negative self-talk and uh, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. You know, people who uh, have this mindset about themselves, they love to pass it on to others. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole topic of art is is quite a vulnerable one because because we do need self-assurance to to proceed <laughs> to be artists we have to have a base from which we operate that is strong and strong confidence and practice as you said so that can be easily shattered and i think that's what the what the question was that this person was posing to us and i know it's probably something that you would think would would be more of an issue for people that were getting started. And she specifically said, sometimes it's hard to just get started. And I think on a particular piece, or that could be 
how do you how do you make that leap into being a practicing artist after say a workshop or uh, a college course or something where you've gotten some basics and now you're ready to to go forward and so um it could happen though at any stage it is not just a beginning thing and we tend to call them blocks you know when people feel like i've just come to a screeching halt here <laughs> And it absolutely can happen at any stage. I've known artists to encounter blocks from all kinds of things, even though they've been working as artists for years. And these could be things like some sort of necessary long break away from the studio, maybe an illness or an injury that kept the person away, um, any kind of personal trauma, a family issue, even even a travel uh, travel experience that took you away and you think, I'm coming back, I'm going to be all charged up, and yet you're sort of overwhelmed somehow and you don't know where to start. And also, when you've kind of hit a plateau in your work and you have come to a point where you've been doing the same thing for a long time and you've been successful maybe with it, and now you know it's time for a change. And if you don't have self-assurance, you can sort of fall apart because you think it's kind of like the the old cliche of the novelist that writes the great first book, you know, and then, oh, what's your next book going to be? <laughs> you know, what's next? And that question, what's next, can throw people at any stage. So, Well, and it's funny I, that you mentioned success as a block because I think that that's so true. You see that in people oh, yeah. all the time where where they achieve something and then they want to try to recreate that success. And the fact is that these things are, are organic and they need to develop and grow on their own. Absolutely. And if you try to just do the same thing again, it, yeah. it's never going to have that kind of magic to it. There's, there's actually a pretty recognized um, thing after an artist has a successful exhibit where you know, you've been working and working for this thing and you've been painting like crazy and you have the exhibit and there's there's a letdown and there is a sense of can I can I achieve that level again? You never want to feel like you've you've hit your peak. Right. You know, we always <laughs> want to feel like we're we're climbing a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think what I'd like to um approach it as this self assurance thing is to kind of think about what your own motivations are for making art because you do have motivation. Otherwise, being stuck or not knowing how to start wouldn't even bother you. <laughs> you do want to make art. And so thinking about what those motivations are, to me, is a good way to step aside from the actual work and say, okay, why am I even doing this? And I probably have some pretty good reasons why. And some of these could be, I think a really basic one is you want to communicate something, right? You you have something to say. You're processing your own experience and you feel a great urge to get that out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of a lifelong feeling that you're never quite there. And it pulls you. It pulls you ahead. And I, I know artists identify with this. Uh, I just wrote a blog post about it recently, this feeling of it, it's very elusive what you're after sometimes, but it's pulling you. And it's something you want to communicate. It's part of your deep self. And so trying to get in touch with that deep self part 
can help you, I think, get back that self-assurance. Yeah, there is something there uh, that you want to say. So um, that that whole thing of processing your experience and um, can also, you can, you can think about, I guess, a slightly separate issue. Maybe your motivation is processing a trip or something you've been through emotionally. And maybe the way, one way to do it is to write about it or talk about it or look at your photographs or do something that isn't painting, assuming I'm talking to painters here, but whatever your medium, and kind of get back that the feeling because you can lose it in your sense of despair coming over you of how am I going to do this. Try to get back to the source of it and just experience it maybe in some different way. Um, and and there's another, I think, complete, completely valid valid reason for making art, and that is to uh, be out there to get some acknowledgement by um, the rest of the world, whatever the world is. It could be a rather small world, or it could be a bigger world. And you, there's a feeling that if you do have something to say, you want to be recognized for it. And you want to be able to show your work, sell your work, and or at the least just have people really appreciate it. And that one, though, can be problematic, I think, if you're stuck, because it is an outside validation. Um, it depends on other people, and it depends on other situations. If you're rolling along and things are good, I think that's the time to think about that part of it. But if you're stuck, I think it's time to go more inward. So that's kind of my take on it. There's a lot of stuff out there written about uh, overcoming artist blocks or finding self-assurance. And I, I just tried to think of what, what would be my personal take on it. I think it gets back to that energy. What's the energy behind the work? Can you connect with that again? Um, and I did, you know, saying there's a lot of things out there, I would like to mention a few really good books. And one of them um, is something we've mentioned in another podcast called Trust the Process by Sean McNiff. And that's one I always recommend in my workshops because the basic idea of trusting the process is absolutely part of self-assurance. And it comes, it comes about the more you work, the more you practice the more you understand what you're doing. It's a little hard in the beginning to trust the process, but I guess um, it's not a bad place to try to start from anyway. <laughs> because think of all the people that have gone before you that have worked through their problems with their medium or with their ideas, and you can do it too. And it just takes time and, and a lot of thought. Another really good book is called Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. And we're going to put these on the website. So I'm uh, not... Yeah, I'm, it'll be in the description right. um, for this episode. Okay. So I'm not going to spell Nachmanovich. But this is a very good book. It's about... It's actually about um, improvisation from the point of view of a jazz player, musician. But it is so applicable to what we do in the studio. And one of the ways to little get out of your head a little bit is to think of it as play. And I used to have an aversion to the word play in the studio. I thought, oh, that sounds frivolous. 
And then I read this book and I thought, hmm, actually play is experimentation. It's the basis of all scientific discovery. It's an attitude of let's see what we can find out. And so if you're feeling a lack of self-assurance, just remember the base of it at the root of it all is play. And we all played as kids. And I, I think we all as artists need to play as adults. Well, and it's interesting that this comes from from jazz because yeah. play is what we do with musical instruments. I know. I love that the word play is what you like. That's what you do with it <laughs> so right, in I, music. I mean, I think in a way, music being an art form Using our our instruments, our our paint and brushes, if you're mm-hmm. if you're painting, to create is always play in a sense. It is, and and I also love the analogy to jazz because when you think about um, people playing jazz, and they have these kind of breaks where one person will take a solo and then another person, and they're improvising at that time, but they they've kind of established a structure in the music or they have done that. And so each person then takes the basic structure of the music and plays with it and adds their own idea and interpretation. And again, it's it's such an interesting correlation to painting and and, and specifically to abstraction. To abstraction, yeah. And and the author does uh talk about other art forms. It's not just about jazz. So it's really a good book. I think my copy has notes written all over it throughout the whole book. So, And I, I've been thinking I'd like to reread it because I always do recommend that one in my workshops too. And the last one I want to recommend is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she has some very specific exercises for getting yourself going. And basically there are two. One is to write what she calls the morning pages. I know a lot of you already know about this. It is a good thing to do even for a short time. I did it for a while this winter, and it was really interesting. And what it consists of is you just take a a pad of paper and you just write anything for three pages the first thing in the morning. I would get a cup of coffee first myself, but maybe you're supposed to do it right away. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, you write and you write, and you kind of of empty your, your mind, or you ponder something or whatever it is, but nobody's ever going to read it. You may not even want to read it yourself. There's no punctuation needed. There's no spelling needed. It's just a kind of an outpouring. And she recommends doing that every day. And then the other thing that she talks about is the idea of taking yourself on an artist date. And I think this is once a week or once a month or something, but it is a periodic time when you go and do something that you feel will nurture your work. And you do this alone. And so the obvious ones are, you know, you go to an art museum or a gallery, but maybe you have a particular interest in water. And so for your artist date, you just go walk by a river and you, you know, you don't have to draw or photograph or do anything. You just take it in. But she she recommends this, I think, because you need to connect with that inner self, like I was talking about. So it's a really good book. There's a lot of stuff in there besides what I'm telling you about. But um, I having those three books, I think, in, at hand are, are good, good prompts when you're feeling a little bit of lack of self-assurance. <laughs> and so um, one of the things that I did in thinking about this topic was because self-assurance at this stage in my life and my art career, isn't really a problem. Even when I'm frustrated and a little stuck, 
I have the I have the experience to go forward. And and so I had to think about I had to think about it another way. So I I I pick something that something I would like to do, but that I have very little assurance about self-assurance. And that is, I would like to be able to sing. Okay. Now, all my life, I believed that I couldn't sing. However, occasionally people have said, oh, you don't have a bad voice. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, and I've never had a whole lot of encouragement for this, but nevertheless, I like to sing. And so what if I wanted to become a more accomplished and self-assured singer? What would be the steps that I would take? And that's how I thought about this. So the first step, I think, would be to believe that my voice could be trained and that I do have the potential. And I would I would look for a teacher and I would look for somebody to work with me. And so I think if you're lacking self-assurance about your painter painting, um, an obvious first step is find a teacher, find a mentor, find somebody who will work with you. Could be a workshop. There are people that offer mentoring online. Could be somebody you know that is willing to spend some time with you on this. And so that helps you get the skills. It gives you feedback. It gives you encouragement. And it gives you a structure if you meet with this person regularly or you make the commitment to go to the workshop. Um, Another thing I would do is practice. (laughs) Practice, practice, practice. And I practice alone. Because I don't really want anybody to hear my voice at this point. <laughs> and I'm not going to sing on the podcast. Don't worry. So I um, would practice probably alone in a somewhat acoustically good situation. I suppose that would include the shower or somewhere else. And get a little confidence, get a little assurance that, mm, okay, I can follow a tune at least to my own ears. And obviously, the correlation to art, you know, you got to put in the hours, you got to put in the practice, and you got to gain control over what you're doing. And I think that's what practice is. So if it were my voice, I would try to gain control enough to sing scales or whatever. In art, learn the medium, learn the visual elements and the principles of design, get that under your belt. And I think I'd start simply. You know, I wouldn't start trying to sing opera, of course. I would start with a folk song or something simple that I knew. And and something that you like. Something I like. Something appeals to me. And again, correlation to art. You can start simply. And you can start with materials and colors and things that you like. And, and start to gain your confidence by then progressively taking on things that are a little bit harder. And, and enjoy it, you know, enjoy the process because nobody starts out knowing this stuff in the beginning. <laughs> nobody starts out being good. And you just have to say, well, it'll take time, but I'm going to enjoy it while I go. And, and then when I'm ready, and it might take a while, I would allow somebody that I trust not to laugh at me to hear me sing. Well, and this is another, another point at which having a teacher is helpful. Yeah, so you can you can ask your whoever's working with you or again somebody you really trust to say is it all right now for me to sing in front of people? Like am I going to make a fool of myself or might I be somewhat pleasant to listen to? <laughs> and at that point then I would um make that leap and sing for my friends. And they would put up with me. But 
uh, again, a correlation to painting because it is perfectly all right when you're starting out to not show anybody. And I think that really helps to build up some confidence because it's hard to show people your very first things and without a fear of not being good enough for people to look at them. Now, in truth, most people would be fine looking at something at your first painting and be very supportive of you, but it's more about that feeling like, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to show this to anyone. And if that's how you feel, then take your time. You don't have to show it to anyone. Um, and this is, again, goes back to when, you, when you're an accomplished artist and an experienced artist, again, when you start a new series or you're doing something new, you may lack the self-assurance to show people. And it may be something you need to build up the body of work until you know, and you're an experienced artist and you know what good art looks like, you know it's ready to show people. I, I do think that there's a bit of a problem with that because we always are more critical of ourselves than we should be. And it's, uh -huh. it's all it, like, that's why it's difficult to make that leap to yes. performing in front of other people um, is because we're always very, very critical of ourselves. Yeah. And, and we kind of touched on this in the, in the last episode that we did on uh, critical self-analysis, yes. but I, I, this is why I think it's important to make baby steps where you're showing other people your work because chances are you're far more ready than you think you are. I think that's a really good point. And I, when you say that, I'm like, yeah. And I can think of friends of mine who were not showing something that they were working on, developed people, because they weren't quite ready. And and I could look at it and say, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. Get it out there. So, <laughs> Well, and I think that, that also there's a uh, – when we tend to compare ourselves to our heroes, right? We tend yeah. to look at people who are doing what we want to do and say, you know, I, I want to be that good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the truth is, you know, we, we've also talked before about the 10-year overnight success that these people <laughs> that we admire have worked – for years and years to get where they are yeah. and we can't expect ourselves to be that good right mm -hmm. away we mm -hmm. got to have some patience we got to trust the process mm -hmm. we got to work on our fundamentals and work up to that point but you don't have to wait until you're you've been doing it for 10 years before you introduce your work to the world okay so i i won't wait till i'm ready to sing in a coffee shop or something if I'm learning how to sing, I might say, uh, okay, Ross, you're my son. Can I sing? And you'll say, uh, okay, mom, sure, go ahead. And you won't laugh at me, right? Well, I'm laughing right now. But. <laughs> yeah, the point is, I guess, and it's a good point. Yeah, baby steps. And Well, and what not... I'm saying is is you don't need to be able to sing opera before you sing at the coffee shop. Right, right. You know, there, there's always this this thing where we, we feel like we need to be a little bit better than we are yeah. before we show other people. Right. Okay. And, and people are not expecting you to be the best that you to reach your full potential before you even show right. what you're working on. Very, very good point. And everybody knows if you're a beginner and, you know, you're not trying to hide anything. And so um, I think that I think having people that you trust to look at, it, they know you're a beginner. They appreciate your effort. You're being brave. Everybody who makes art is brave. They are. And I always feel that way um, in workshops when people come, they're terrified, you know, and I'm like, you're here. And that was a big step. So anyway, I think um, 
that's that is a good point to not necessarily hold yourself to too high of a standard before you put it out there, at least to show your friends or whatever. Um, uh, another thing I think I would do if I were preparing myself to become a singer would be to really pay attention to the type of music that would suit my voice. Understanding, you know, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be a soprano, so I would be an alto voice. Um, what kind of music would my voice be suited for? And this this compares to finding a medium in your studio that is doing it for you. You know, you feel comfortable working with it. You're not struggling too hard with it because you have so much you're taking on in the beginning. And so I think being tuned into your materials and I, I'm always kind of fascinated by how people do gravitate towards certain materials. And in fact, uh, I have another podcast. We do have another podcast planned. Another suggestion from a listener. How do people end up in the in the particular style that they do? And it's it's kind of a, a quirky, mysterious process in a way. Um, in terms of like broad advice on the subject without getting into what's going to be a whole other episode, yeah. I think probably we can kind of sum it up as saying, recognize your weaknesses and work on them, but play to your strengths. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you're getting started. You're wanting to build your self-assurance. Do what feels right. Do what feels good. And I know sometimes people think, uh, well, I, I will give the example of working with cold wax medium. A lot of people admire the way it looks and feel drawn to it. This is what I want to do. And yet maybe for them, it's not really quite the right medium. And I've... I've seen people come to workshops and struggle because they they want it to dry really fast, for example, and they just they just fight that. It doesn't dry really fast. It dries quicker than regular oil paint does, but you know it's not like acrylic or something. And so, um, in the struggle, they may they may lose it. They may not want to do it. So. Well, and I think it's really important to try a lot of different things. So it's even if cold wax medium is not right, right for you, it. yeah, try it. Because when whenever you're learning something, you can pick up about 80% of it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And that last 20% to become a true expert um, and to pre become truly great at it is where all the struggle is. Mm -hmm. But you can you can pick up that, you know, the kind of the fundamentals of just about anything in a relatively short period mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, and it, and it all helps. It all there's a lot of crossover that you can learn from one medium or another, and this whole self assurance thing can kick in when you do start a new medium. You know, you've been working and painting for a long time, and you have it in your head that you want to try printmaking or something else, and you, you know, you can feel quite a setback, and you can lose that assurance. And again, I've seen this happen in workshops quite a bit. Somebody's quite good at what they normally do and yet faced with a new process. You can lose it. You can lose your confidence. Um, and I think I think the last point I would make uh, back to becoming somebody who could sing in front of other people, and this really has a, an analogy to, to artwork, is it's my voice, right? It's my own singing voice. I don't need to sound like anyone else. It, it's going to have its peculiarities and its quirks, and yet I have to own it. And I think 
that's super important. When you start to feel a lack of confidence, nobody else has your voice. Nobody. And that's a, that's a strong anchor for you, I think, to say, it's me. It may take me a while to figure out how to really get to the core of me and figure out how to express me, but there is no other me. So um, I think in order to find this kind of true fulfillment in your work, you need to, to figure out that just be yourself. <laughs> that sounds kind of corny and cliched, but it is so true, and it's so true in, in your work. Well, and, and I think, um, you know, kind of the overall, what we've been talking about is kind of baby steps it, within this process of how to build yourself up, how mm -hmm. to increase your level of confidence and self-assurance. And that only happens with time and practice. Mm -hmm. um, but there is always at some point a leap, you know, in order, it's, it's easy to hit a plateau and stagnate on just about anything that you're trying to do. And at some point you need to, you need to jump, you need to push a little bit further, mm -hmm. a little bit extra hard. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, and that's, that's the really difficult part is taking yeah. that leap. And in a way, I mean, we're, we're always kind of facing a, a big blank canvas or panel, you know, and, and just saying, uh, okay, we have to get started here. We have to get some energy going, get some motivation going, and we're going to see what happens. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Messy or otherwise.